Uh, beautiful evening here in Cleveland, Ohio. It's officially winter set upon us, although it's not snowing yet. Uh, we just got visited by one of our friends, Pittsburgh Paul, who popped in uh, to buy. What did he buy? What did he buy from James? Scooter, I don't even know. Series what it is. two. Series two. Series yeah. two scooter. To my left, we have Dustin. To his left, we have Renee. To her left, Tiny Chrome. And your humble narrator, Phil Waters. Uh, kind of a small podcast because people are all out enjoying their holiday events uh, and their obligated work parties and things of that nature. So it's just going to be a small podcast. Hey, what's your Christmas wish list item for? The motorcycle enthusiast out there. What do you want, or what would you get as a gift for other people? Any ideas? Anybody have something you're pulling for? Yeah? Hmm. I, I'll, I'll start, just because, you know, because yeah. what the hell, I got something fired up. Uh, riding? One in the chamber. I got one in the chamber. Riding trousers. Ah. Mm. And believe it or not, I kind of spent a little bit of time over the past six months. Renee knows, because she opens the boxes. I've ordered in a few pair of pants in the past few months, and I've been looking at things that were on closeout and buying stuff that's normally like $125 for a pair of armored jeans. And I almost, I, I found the ones that I really, really wanted, and then when they arrived, they were marked as a size 34 mm-hmm. waist, which turns out... I do own pants at home that are 34s. Well, you got to watch out, and I learned this. I think those 34s are lying. <laughs> it's Euro sizing. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's, Europe, it's European sizing. Because well, it's a problem. It's, yeah. yeah, it's definitely a problem, because those 34s I ordered were real small. I normally wear a 36 and can squeeze into a 34 in the summertime. and But these were Icon pants that actually had separate liners. They had removable liners. Full okay. Kevlar knees, uh, Kevlar ass, Kevlar knees, and removable liners. And uh, I guess I bought two pair now that were both on mega clearance. They're like normally 149 bucks. I bought them for 69 or 79 bucks. They're overpants. <clears throat> you basically buy overpants the same size as your jean size. So if you normally wear a 36, you buy 36 overpants. They cut them a little bit big. You wear them over your trousers. I've been so happy with those things. I've been so happy... That I've actually had, I've been putting them over my normal street clothes. Do they fit? They well? fit. I bought two pair. I bought a pair of icons and I bought a pair of techniques uh, that were both. The only problem is one of the pairs that I bought, which is very nicely armored, it turns out it's not waterproof. Boo. Boo hiss. Mm. Uh, and those are the icons that were like built for the Perry Dakar or for the Baja 1000. Uh, Raiden is what those are called. Be careful. I just I saw the low price and I pulled the trigger. They're not waterproof. They're armored and they're wonderfully armored. And rather than wearing, you know, armored pants, I can just wear any pants now and throw these over top of it. Or like I did in the summer, I was wearing shorts. You know, just wearing you know, it's summer, it's hot out. So I was just wearing shorts and then I pulled these armored pants over the shorts. Plenty of ventilation, but I still had my armor with me, so I didn't feel so bad of potentially crashing. I don't like riding motorcycles and shorts i know hoffer yeah. does but i don't and i was gonna I just, say if you ever uh, order a pair that uh don't fit and you can't return them i did i know a guy <laughs> you know a guy's 34 <laughs> i did the last pair that i had that i got that were 34s i gave them over to luke ah, because they, they fit him they seem to fit him well and yeah he grabbed them they're, they're not there anymore but so that's a good idea uh if you don't own a pair of riding pants try them out because they do 
you'd be amazed at how much warmer you'll be when you're wearing them. And then the added armor, the like that gives you a little sense of confidence or a little sense of security having that on. And uh, the one pair that I bought has uh, suspenders built into them. Mm. Ah, nice. Fucking love them, man. Well, they don't move around. They don't go where they're not supposed to go. Is one of the suspenders red and the other one green? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to say, when, you, when you get to the rally, do you wear them down? Yeah, you wear them down. Yeah, you're wearing, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Keep your stick on the ice. <laughs> I'm pulling for you. Yep. Oh, believe me, if, if they weren't already red and green, I would buy a set of reds and a set of greens and swap them out to make That's them be awesome. that way to keep the red green alive. Uh, anybody else have any ideas of Christmas stuff they might want? I made a fresh batch of t-shirts. Oh, that's right! Ah. Holy shit, you're wearing a brand new fresh Moto Guzzi Brand new fresh Moto Guzzi one, yep. I got so, like five black ones, and then I got crazy Not only Moto Guzzi, Moto Guzzi. Which I'm not going to wear to work, but I just got like... I don't care like, if you're wearing to work. Up, well, I don't want to get them... You oh, you don't want to get fucked yeah. up. Yeah, my, yeah, my wife's been after me to get something other than black. Yeah, but black is the official you shop know. clothes color around here. Renee, As we look at Renee, she looks like Johnny Cash. <laughs> Renee did her shirt black. That looks black. awesome. And it does look awesome. It looks really cool. So Renee is our in-house uh, printress. And she's in charge of all application of ink to cloth. And aside from the other 50 hats she wears here, but she does, uh, she brings to this shop an entire silk screening operation that she's got a lot of experience with. And very rarely, you know, every, well, when the locusts come, <laughs> if you can hear a cicada, that means years. we might 17. be getting, yeah, we might be, if you hear the cicadas, that means we're probably printing shirts. But Renee just printed off a whole whack of Cleveland Moto shirts. Oh. So if she you whacked want, them right we can, off. We can you can print them as often as need be. I mean, <laughs> we would lo- we would love to sell them. Well, I think what we should at do a, is, at, a, at a rate that would allow us to print them one every month, right? Right. <laughs> just sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is a matter of setting the gear up. So the uh, this is the first time we've had space to set the gear up in a while. But if somebody wants a Cleveland Moto shirt, what I would say is. There is a new Facebook page that was just created by me today, and it's called Cleveland Moto Podcast. So now you're listening to this. I liked it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I plan on liking it again tomorrow. I may like it again tomorrow <laughs> afternoon if I get tired. I'll like uh, it on my Squid and Troll accounts. Mm-hmm. Well, so the, uh, the idea is we want to be able to have a forum that is more able to feed our listeners information, or maybe it's a nice place to put the show notes um, that they can just subscribe to that, follow that, and then they'll get information as we put it up. Well, and you could do one of those um, live on Facebook things. We can, and we where, can also where people put, can type in in real right. time. And yeah, and we can put in pictures from the podcast that we're recording right now yeah. onto our Facebook page and stuff like that. We probably won't, but you know, we're we going to try to. We yeah. can. We're going to try to make it a little more fun. So just go to your, uh, you know, go to your device and go to facebook.com and then type in Cleveland Moto Podcast, and you'll find us there. It's it's sparsely populated right now. We'll be adding a lot of shit to it. But Renee will put up the T-shirts that we have for sale on there. Oh, so I have them on eBay and the online store. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Cool. Kick ass. So go to Cleveland Moto. You can click on our online store that way, or you can go to eBay and just type in Cleveland Moto. So you know, weird find thing, us that way. And uh, a, a guy I work with, um, which we won't name the job right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and its initials are... <laughs> yeah, he, he he saw me wearing a, I was wearing my Cleveland Moto Moto Guzzi beanie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's asking mm-hmm. me about Moto Guzzi's, and he's like, "Oh, great, man! Just another bike I need to obsess over on Pinterest." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, yeah, just go to ClevelandMoto.com, and right. you know, you can check it all out." 
And he's like, yeah, man, I went to your friend's website, and he, like, didn't have any motorcycles on it. And I pull up my phone, and I'm like, I see motorcycles. Right. There's I'm nothing but motorcycles on our Cleveland Moto website. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whose who's website he went to. Uh, I, I think maybe he was expecting to see like tons of used vintage Gucci's, not brand new ones. Yeah, we got a couple on our our used bike <laughs> page, but the uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. We have plenty of bikes up there. We've got uh, right now. We've got you know some used Moto Gucci's for sale. We got some vintage Moto Gucci's for sale. I'm clearing house. I mean, this is the time. If you're a podcast listener and you got a dream bike and you want to pay nothing for it, ping us, hit us, hit us on the Facebook page. At Cleveland Moto Podcast, because guess what? I've got 71 bikes, not counting scooters, that I need to get rid of. Uh, they are vintage bikes, all of them. There's not a single one of them newer than 25 years old. We so. need to shoot one of those like classic sales commercials. Yes, we do. Unky Phil's right. Bike Bonanza! And now that i got the warehouse, i got them all set up in a nice, logical <laughs> way. With all the various different parts and stuff that goes with them, so I can find plugins to make some of those cheap mm. scroll oh, effects, ADS effects. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Anybody come up with any uh, Christmas gifties that Saint and Claus can bring you? I'd, I'd kind of like, uh, you know, I, I transitioned into the motocross style helmet with the big duckbill on yeah, it. Yeah, duckbill, right? Because yeah. you know, at the time I was driving to and from work, into the sun yeah. each way, both ways. Yeah. And no matter, even with a sun visor on, sunglasses, whatever, I needed mm. something to block the sun. Yeah. But now just the wide-open um, motocross helmet with the goggles, goggles yeah. is sometimes not as comfortable. I'd like to get one of those cool ADV helmets mm-hmm. that ha- it has the duckbill, yep. not as pronounced, which is right. cool, but it also has the sunshade and a good full-face, yeah. closable... A proper chin, yeah. proper chin guard. Yeah. yeah, proper chin guard and proper yeah. visor to keep yeah. the, the wind noise out. Yeah. So if anyone wants to buy that for me for Christmas, I'm a size medium usually, between or if, medium and large. Here's how this can work, because we do have people listen to the podcast. How about if somebody knows about one that's for sale cheap? That could Let be Dustin cool. know. Hit us on the Facebook page. Let Dustin know <clears> about any particular, you know, if you know somebody who's having a special. Speaking of specials, while everyone else is thinking of their Christmas gifts, uh, MotorcycleSuperstore.com is going out of business.com. Are they? Oh. Yes, they are. So, Oops. Yeah, right. Yeah. So what's happened is, well, no, not so much. But, you know, it's been a tough time for a lot of motorcycle-related industries, yours truly included. Uh, it's been tough on all of us. And I think they're getting rolled into J&P Cycles, I believe. Uh, they're, they're teaming up. Now, here's this is the reason I bring it up. Whatever they're going to do on corporate level, I don't give a damn. I'm not going to sit here and say they're good, they're bad, whatever. They're going out of business, ha-ha. No, this is a corporate thing. They're restructuring, I'm sure. Um, you know, Tucker Rocky and all those groups, they're going out. They're in Chapter 11 bankruptcy right now. Well, they're in Chapter 11 bankruptcy because they're restructuring. They owe $300 million out into the world, and they're restructuring their company so they can pay those bills off. So the company whose products they sell the various people they owe a quarter of a million dollars to will continue selling them shit so they can continue selling it to me. Uh, that's the way the chain works. <laughs> Matrix. But, the, uh, but as it pertains to Motorcycle Superstore, right now, because we're going to drop this fast, uh, right now Motorcycle Superstore will, will fool you into thinking that everything they have in their inventory is on sale for up to 80% off. And that is the end of the news story. 
because I went to their website and I tried desperately to order the first item that appeared. <clears throat> I figured I'd let the internet do the walking for me and I would order the first thing that showed up. And I did, and it would not even let me put the item in my cart. Huh? So the whole website acts like it's in business until you actually try to purchase something. So they're advertising 70, 80% off. You get excited. You grab eight or 10 items and put them in your cart and try to check that cart out and pay for it and get the fuck out of there. And it turns out you've got nothing in your cart. So that is one of those things where you may not actually, you may get excited because here's your opportunity to buy a bunch of cheap shit before Santa Claus comes because this motorcycle superstore company is going out of business. Hold the phone. It ain't available. They'll show it to you, but you can't touch it. There's a very <laughs> similar thing happening, and I'm probably at the brothel. I'm probably very late saying this. Yeah, but there's a very similar thing happening happening with victory clearance. Oh, items. really? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Well. Yeah, victory's obviously gone. January, February, right. whatever they announced. We knew victory was closed. Since the middle of the summer, they've been doing blowout prices on all kinds of stuff okay. on their website. Right. And uh, I've been hearing about hearing about, so, oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to check it out. Of so, course, yeah. You know, I go on the webs and check it out. And yeah, like, oh, you own a victory. Why not buy some gear? Yeah, that's cool. Right. Yeah, oil change kit for very, very, I mean, cheaper than I can buy a filter here. Exactly. Right. right. And uh, synthetic oil and shit. So I'm like, yeah. oh, well, we'll check that out. Let's I see how much that is. Victory you know? chaps. Let's check that out. Right. Not available. See, that's... And I mean, it doesn't tell you that until you're in the cart, until it's in the cart. Exactly. And it's all... And you go to look at your cart, and it's like, in the red, in the red. Why, wait a minute, why is that's that red? That's what Motorcycle Superstore's doing right now. Motherfucker, why? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. And they've got items advertised, like, you know, insert, in special name brand of helmet here, <clears throat> size extra small. So, okay, why would you still have it up? It's obviously an extra small. It's a clearance item. Every company does clearance items on extra smalls. You click on that. You even try to buy that obviously devalued item, and you try to put it in your cart. Cart's empty. So the website's there. The website looks like it works. So what you have to remember is behind the scenes, people are changing seven-figure digits from one company to the other. But they're giving the impression, you know, the rumors of our death have been greatly exaggerated. So look at our healthy website. Look at our sale that we're running. Look at how many clicks we're getting every month. Look at we, you know, even though we're going out of business, we still got ninety thousand clicks last week. Well, look at the three guys what? we kept on payroll to yeah. <laughs> to roll this to, out to make us mm-hmm. look like we're not dying. Right. And speaking of dying, the president of <laughs> Tucker Rocky. Don't look at that. The president of Tucker Rocky died. Oh, man, really? you, you started with the president, and I was like. Hey! <laughs> I was like, get no, like a little no. school girl. Get all happy now. Right, yeah. And we're not and I'm not gonna make light of it too much because you know, this is a this guy's a fucking pillar of the community in Indiana. He's been, you know, the CEO of Tucker Rocky for at least twenty years. Um, he's a motorcycle philanth- you know, philanthropic kind of guy. He's been mm-hmm. traveling all over the world. He's done long distance rides. About eighty eight years old. Is this and the one that just um, died in Africa? In South Africa. I was reading about like that a story. week after Pete got back from Africa. Um, this gentleman dies on the road um, in a in a motorcycle related accident. Um, How old was he? Eighty eight. That's I awesome. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. You, you know, know dude, if we you can die, right? If you can die at eighty eight. 
in a bike accident. That's pretty awesome. Fucking a man, right, you that's win. awesome. Yeah, you, there's, and I, I hope you were smiling that's... at the time. Uh, his name is Andre Lacey, uh, but oh, he's uh, he's the chairman of LDI. But the, basically, the the big thing is the company that was just announced two weeks ago as being Chapter Eleven bankrupt. He's the owner, not the CEO, but the owner of that company. He's not necessarily involved in the day-to-day decisions that are being made, but he's he the was, owner. He was right. murdered. And we you know, and that's <laughs> the thing is, you, yeah, I mean, we don't want to say anything terrible about like when a company that's worth $300 million or owes $300 million gets uh, dead all of a sudden. You, nobody, uh, I'm sure that a conspiracy theorist mm. would love chomping into that. But uh, that's the Lacey Diversified Industries. Now, he's one of those guys that he just had a... And this was it was described as a single rider accident. Uh, in, oh, I'm sorry, 78 years old. So 78 years old. Yeah, but, still cool. Yeah, Close and enough. he he has like a, he basically has he's a good friend of Vice President Mike Pence, and he has one of those like um, Lacey University things where he trains people to be entrepreneurs and Start stuff. Looking like less, right? I know this is that. <laughs> I, I, like I said, you know, there was a lot of sugar. I wanted to make sure we threw a little saccharin in there too. The uh, <laughs> But, you know, make your own decisions, that's fine, look at it. But, you know, this guy's been in the news recently because his company's experiencing a, a massive Chapter 11. And it's a massive Chapter 11 because all of us buy our shit from somewhere. And if you buy your shit from Renthal or Tuckeraki <laughs> or any of these hundreds of other companies that fall under that umbrella, um, there's, <coughs> there's basically two inventory streams in America, and it's the Parts Unlimited stream and it's the Tuckeraki stream. And those two separate streams kind of cover all the bases in our industry. And so now it's the 78-year-old owner of one of those streams that has recently declared Chapter 11 has just perished in a single-vehicle motorcycle accident. So, you know, hearts and mind, uh, what do they say? What do they say? Hearts and prayers? Thoughts and prayers go out to that guy. As far as we're concerned, um, we hate to see a guy that's obviously a motorcycle enthusiast He's done all the Malcolm Smith rides. Like this guy's a serious. He, he's a lover of motorcycles, and uh, hate to see hate to see anybody go. But especially when they're a fellow biker, uh, really sucks for him. The well, you know who else passed is uh, Penton's wife. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Oh really? Wow, yeah. I had no idea. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's something, and that's a local thing for us being here in Ohio. Penton, and you know, I'm sure if you listen to the podcast, you'll. You'll remember us saying that KTM wouldn't be here if it wasn't for uh, Jack Penton. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know. Yeah, and that's why they brought it up. Right. And that's like KTM being a big thing that we all love. I I am still waiting for the opportunity to get my leg thrown over one of the brand new KTM 790s. Uh, it looks like it's light. It looks like it's fun. And it looks like it's 100 horsepower and 66 torques out of a lightweight, fun motorcycle. So I'm jazzed about like that particular bike coming in. The re- initial reviews are really good of that machine. So anybody else got any Christmas gifts? Anything they want for their Christmas grab bag? Anything you're thinking of? Meh. 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 Nothing I can think of. I mean, I guess if I had to pick something, mm-hmm. a nice set of um, heated grips. Yep. Always I mean, a crowd pleaser. I'm still rocking those those wrap things. Or do you, you have the, those Oxford wraps? Yeah, there the was Velcro? That uh, lot of stuff that you had purchased had yeah. a set in them, and I, I mentioned, I said, can I try these? Yeah. And you said, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So they kinda, they're, they're kind of cool because yeah. you can I can put them on, 
And, you know, I put those taller handlebars on the goots. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when I'm not using them, I right. can just unvelcro them and put them on the lower part of the bars. Oh, that's smart. Right. You get all the, ex- the exposed bars there. Yeah. And it basically so, is a place for you to warehouse So I don't have to deal with, you know, one and two and a half inch diameter yeah. Yeah. fat grips all the time. Yeah. But, I mean, they're cool. I just... Basically what John got is John uh, Oxford made a set of these They made these grips that were basically Wiener warmers Pretty much And they, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's a thought. thought I mean there's enough fucking cord there I never thought of that but Put it, them in your pants man <laughs> <laughs> And they're just There's a strip of Velcro on them And you wrap them around your handlebars You wrap them around your grips I got wires for two. I wonder if I can get one that heats and one that vibrates. <laughs> yes, and then never ride in the rain. Fucking electrifying experience. But yeah, they're Velcro uh, grip covers, and the Velcro grip covers they, they go work on. well. They work. They great. do work well. They're no. two or three speed. Yeah, they're two. Yeah, two like speed. That. Yeah, two different heat levels. Um, yeah. I guess the guy probably stopped using them because the LED doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Most likely. Who cares? But yeah, I mean they work. You know the nice thing about heat grips? Well, you just got to remember on. to turn them off. Yeah, they're on. Yeah. Yeah. When they're on, yeah. your hands are warm. Yeah. If your hands no, are cold, they, they're probably not. I wired mine directly into the battery and they wiped my battery out because I was dumb. I yeah. Wire them into your headlight circuit. Offset. I hooked them up. Yeah. I went from the what do they call the two pin uh, SAE connector? Yeah, the SAE connector. I went from yeah. the SAE connector yeah, the SAE that you connector would use for your battery, for your tender. battery tender. Yeah. Under the seat. Right. <clears throat> and I made an extension cord for you. that. Yeah. Right? To run up the backbone of the frame. Yeah. And it pops up right mm-hmm. by the neck. Yeah. And I can either plug in the little adapter, what I bought from us that we so sell. So you have an SAE. That, so your extension <coughs> cord is SAE both ends. Both ends. Yeah. Okay. Good. So it pops up right by the neck, right, right by the, right by the triple trees. I can plug in the uh, the converter to go to a USB. USB. What yep. we sell here. Yep. You can purchase Absolutely. from us. Yeah. Um, and plug for my phone or yep. whatever, or I can plug in these grips because yep. I wired one of those SAE connectors to the. Uh, controller. Yeah, an item that we started carrying here at the shop that is an excellent stocking stuffer for the motorcycle rider on your list. If they don't already have an SAE connector hooked to their battery, slap them, because mm-hmm. they should. <laughs> you should have an SAE connector hooked to your battery, and what that is is that's just a standard you know, 18-inch long piece of wire that has a shielded connector that is designed so it can only be connected in the correct polarity. The positive connector is shielded inside a rubber housing. The negative container or connector is open Correct. so that it is impossible to get this thing hooked up wrong. And then what you can mm-hmm. hook up to it is you can hook up a battery tender or an Optimate to keep your battery charged. Or you can hook up a heated vest. Or you can hook up one of my favorite items is this little USB connector we sell. That actually, I've got one of, we've got one now that we sell that has a voltage indicator on it. Yep. So it Seen tells you your battery's at 12.9 volts, but it also gives you connectors to plug in two USB accessories, like a GPS and a cell phone charger. So right there, at the end of your SAE connector, you've got a current state of voltage. So if you did have your phone or your GPS plugged in while the bike wasn't running, you could look at it, 
and say, hey, my battery's at 11.4, maybe I should start my bike and let it run for a while. I wired the thing hot yeah. all the time mm-hmm. so I could charge the phone without having to have the ignition. That's what I did with mine, too. Yeah. Mine's the same way. Unfortunately, though, when you <clears throat> then plug the heated grips well, into then they're it, you have to, yeah, well, you have to remember you have to, to turn them off. Turn them off, yeah. <laughs> when I did that, um, so I have a couple of bikes in my garage, and now the fun thing is I usually keep my bikes on Optimates. And or battery tenders in the garage. But mm-hmm. what's kind of interesting is I can look at my bikes now and I can see with that blue LED display, 12.6, 11.8. Oh, I better get that bike on an Optimate. Could I get that bike plugged in? Whereas the bike that's showing 12.6, I know it's rock and roll ready to go. One of these yeah. days when I hit the ladder and buy one of those 10 banks. 10 ba- you know what? That's the and funniest thing. just run thing the cords like- out to all the toys. <laughs> and Why the Done. hell? Okay. Conservatively, <laughs> at our shop... Between Optimates and battery tenders, we probably buy, what, 300 of these things a year? How many, do you, I mean, realistically? Easily. Now, do, when was the last time we ordered a battery? Are we pretty much Optimates? What are we doing these days? What do you mean? Are we ordering, we're ordering predominantly Optimates, right? Right. Right. So we had kind of looked at it, and the Optimates have a desulfite circuit. Even in the cheapest Optimate they sell, <coughs> they have a desulfite service, cir- circuit built mm-hmm. in. So they're kind of, for the same money, they're a little better of a product than the Deltran battery tender. And we were del- we were battery tenders at our shop for like 16 years. Yeah. All I green mean, boxes. If the, if the battery's in the vehicle, I don't yeah. think it does the desulfation. I think, <clears throat> it, I think it senses whether or not there are uh, diodes. I think it senses whether or not there's a rectifier involved. Interesting. And if it yeah. does, I don't think it does. I think if you want to desulfate yeah. a battery specifically, I think it's got to come out of the bike. I think. Yeah. Steve and I, I argued about wrong. that for a while. You have to rectify the situation. You have yeah. to rectum fry it. <laughs> <laughs> Order three rectum fryers. And then. Uh, and call me in the morning. The, uh, but the long and short of it is, you know, I've never had a problem with the battery tenders. I'm not going to say if you own a battery <clears> tender <throat> now, you should probably ditch it and get an Optimate. Because I think they're, I think they're in the same hunt. Unless Optimate yeah. would like to sponsor I mean, us and send us some money and free product. Excellent product. Excellent I've, I've, I've been, I feel the got, same way about Deltran. Deltran, yep. Deltran yes. At home, I've got right. Black & Decker. I've got yeah. a Craftsman one. I've got, um, what's the Schumacher, Schumacher, I think it's called. Yeah. Schumacher. Schumacher. Yeah. I've got a couple of, a handful, a small handful of Deltrans. Yeah. Well, they can all just fight it out, then. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can. They all seem to do the same job. Well, I will say that I Optimate, if yeah. you do have a battery that's iffy, it has brought some batteries back. Well, I have a good story the, about that. That the, that the Deltran was like, oh, this is bad. Mm-hmm. This is bad. Well, I put yeah. in the Optimate. Yep. So Optimate says, wait a minute, I can fix that. That's correct. And recently, when we moved into the warehouse, I had a few bikes that sat a little longer <laughs> than I wanted them to sit. And I plugged in, you know, 60 bikes. Well, 30 <laughs> of them were on tenders. So I plugged in about 30 bikes on tenders. And after three days on the tenders, I went back into the warehouse and what should I be looking at? Green Greens. Lights. They should all be green. Right. After yep. three days, every light should be green. Well, there was one particular Moto Guzzi that had a red light. Not a red flashing light. A red light, which means okay. I'm working. It's at 80% or more? and it's No, it's uh, it's at 80% or less. Yeah, flashing yellow, green. Oh, that's right. Flashing, yeah, flashing is green. less 20. Right. Yeah. So solid red light. <laughs> so it's connected. I sense that there's a battery there, and I'm doing my job. That's right. Okay. And after three days, dude, you should have caught up. Even the slow dogs have caught up to the truck at this point. So I noticed that after three or four days, this thing was still working. 
And so what I did was I took that Deltran off of that bike, the battery tender. I pulled that off of that bike because it was showing this, you know. And I pulled the Optimate off the bike next to it because we got these on power strips. And so I put, I swapped them. And so I put the Optimate on the bike that was showing a condition red and switched to the... So within 10 seconds or 20 seconds, the battery tender that had been moved onto the bike that was previously on an Optimate went into flashing green mode Mm -hmm. and then went into solid green mode, which means the Optimate had done its job and that battery was in perfect condition. The battery that was previously saying, I am still red after four or five days... When I put the Optimate on there, the Optimate was giving the indicator bar. Now, they use a different code for their indicator bars. Flushing it, yellow? It was giving me the, the yellow saying, yeah. I'm chooching. And then <laughs> the next day I came back, and it was fully charged. So the Optimate did accomplish what the Deltran failed to do. So it's a, it's a faulty argument because somebody could say, well, the extra day was just what was needed and the Deltran would have done that too. But I think after five mm-hmm. days, it had enough chance. At three quarters of an amp, it should have brought it around. Yeah. Um, if you do use battery tenders or Optimates or any of the things that we loosely call float chargers, please do not purchase anything from Harbor Freight. <laughs> because we still to this day have customers bring in batteries and say, I bought this battery from you last year. I'd like a new battery, please. I kept it on a float charger anytime I wasn't riding the bike. And I usually say, show me a picture of the float charger. You know, show me on the doll where the man touched you. Because (laughs) invariably, they tell me, the next words out of their mouth is, well, it's a float charger. I got it at Harbor Freight. Uh... Look, man, if you spend $4 on a float charger, I do not qualify that as being a float charger. The wire gauge, the actual wires that go to the battery on a Harbor Freight float charger are like 26 gauge. They're <laughs> slightly thicker than a dark girl's pubes. And they are not up to the task of doing battery maintenance. They're just not. I mean, it's I can floss with that shit. So that's not a suitable substitute for charging or a charging system on a motorcycle. Very few things that come from Harbor Freight that are battery-related. I mean, that thin a gauge, what could you even get through that? Three amps? Well, that's my point. Not even. You've never... (laughs) Not even. Amp and a half. few things that come from Harbor Freight that aren't implements of bashing. Well, usually, (laughs) If it's an impact-related device, it's usually okay. Everything from Harbor Freight is a good hammer. It's all eventually a hammer. (laughs) But what I will say is, if a battery is... If a battery is in the box from Harbor Freight, meaning that it's a cordless item, Mm -hmm. just throw it away now. Or if... It is something that charges a battery from Harbor Freight. You also might consider throwing it away now. I have had three of their conventional automotive size battery chargers. And around the shop, we call it dumb chargers because it's a battery charger that the second you plug it in, it's giving voltage. It's not waiting to read the condition of a battery before it determines whether or not it's going to send a charge. It's mm-hmm. just saying, I'm a machine what puts out 2 amps, 10 amps, or 50 amps, at 12 volts, depending on where you put the switch, if you hook it to your nipples or if you hook it to a battery, <laughs> you're getting the voltages, right? Giggity. Well, this is the dumb charger. That's the definition of a dumb charger. And if you don't pay attention to it, you'll come out to your garage and hear the sound of boiling. Yes, exactly. Mm. Right. And so sometimes in life you need a dumb charger. And I'm going to tell you the times you need a dumb charger. 
because a smart charger... If you have a Kenworth in your driveway that needs charging. Right, yeah. yes. Bulldozer, yes. maybe. A or, school bus. Or oh. school bus. Interrogation. Uh, okay. <laughs> 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 put their feet in water and the dumb charger on the net. Nine! Nine! Strange dating habits. But here's what I'm going to say. If you... A lot of battery chargers that you spend real money on, a good battery charger, will check the battery that it's about to charge mm-hmm. and say, is it worth me spending my time putting electrons, putting power at this battery, if this battery isn't good? And the problem is a lot of the <clears throat> parameters that are built into the circuitry are for the automotive-sized batteries. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So now we're starting to understand the logic chain here. Mr. Waters, I bought this battery from you three months ago, six months ago. And when I hooked it up to my really expensive $300 charger, it said this battery was dead. Yet we bring it in here to the shop. We hook it up to a dumb charger and throw 10 amps at it for an hour. And now that battery has got enough base charge on it that it will take a charge from a smart Mm -hmm. charger. So sometimes a dead motorcycle battery is so low that it won't allow a smart modern charger to even give it a charge. And it'll give you a false reading of death. Let's use, if you heard the term poor man's desulfation device. Poor man's desulfation just, device. It's just put 10 amps at a battery. Over and over and over again. At a motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Let right. me back up. Right. It's put 10 amps at a motorcycle battery. A lot. Right. For like. Bang it. Yeah. Well, for like an hour. Yeah, bang it. That's what desulfation yeah. basically is. Right. It's anytime you go right. hot with it. So and the idea is it's supposed to knock the sulfation off the yeah. plate. So by putting a dumb charger right. on, you're basically forcing yes. a desulfation yeah. event. And sometimes it's not even so much the desulfation. Sometimes it's just getting the battery up off the baseline. If I sold you a battery 60 days ago, I don't believe in my heart of hearts that the AGM, the activated or the absorbed glass mat battery that I sold you, is dead. You just emptied it. It's a puppy you haven't fed. You got a puppy. You didn't feed it. But we got it at the last minute. We can bring this puppy back to life, but we need to pump some juice into it. So let's pump some juice back into this AGM battery, and magically, it works. But your battery tender device, your little cool green thing you plug into the wall on a wall wart, it didn't read enough voltage in that battery to go, let's start the charging process. Instead, it's just flashing a red angry light at you, saying, this battery's dead. Don't bother throwing any time or energy into it, because it's not going to charge. Take that battery, hook it up to a dumb charger for even 20 minutes to a 10-amp circuit. It's not so much desulfiting it, it's just shoving fucking electrons into it, mm-hmm. getting the voltage level up. And then you can hook it to your battery tender, and life is good. And that's it. Before you pronounce a battery as dead, try hooking it to a 10-amp charger. Preferably a dumb charger. I just I just did that, actually. Yeah. With the little oh, yeah. helicopter. If you oh, aren't sure whether or not... We're in a grow tree in here. This is you want oak trees. This is how you get oak trees. I just like to watch a moral. Me too. Um, I just did that though with a six volt that is for a little trail ninety. Yeah, sorry, it was for a little trail ninety. Yeah. it was showing one point nine ish. So yeah, and the fancy charger what we have that is it was only very mostly volt, twelve volt. Well, right. fancy it, charger. It, well, it wouldn't catch it. it no, it wouldn't like, catch okay, it. Okay, it was right. basically telling me that I'm not hooked to a battery. Right. Exactly. And we took one of the, Luke has a really nice little uh, right. programmable dumb charger. Right. And uh, we hit it with that for about, I don't know, hour and a half yeah. maybe. 
and it brought it back. Brings yep. the voltage up, yep. and then normal charges can pick up after that. Correct. And that's the secret. Don't Your battery's not dead until it's really fucking dead. And they are kind of magical what they will do and how they will work. Uh, the other thing is, if you're not sure whether or not your charger is a dumb charger, here's the trick, and it doesn't involve licking it. Because that's how we used to test 9-volt batteries. You know, If you were ever in the AV club, you tested 9-volt batteries by licking them. And a new 9-volt battery get all the attention in the world. A low 9-volt battery, no. Just tastes weird. Just tastes weird. Tastes mm. like lemons on your tongue. <laughs> but if you take the positive and negative terminals to a charger, a battery charger, like the kind you have, you just bought this thing. It's roughly the size of a bread box, if you remember what bread box, or shoe box. It's got two cords coming bread out of it. Bread box? Who the fuck owns a bread box no, anymore? <laughs> using my grandma's words. <laughs> but if you take the terminals, the red terminal and the black terminal, and you touch them to each other, and it goes zap, like you're welding. That's a dumb charger. That's a dumb charger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If it doesn't go zap, that's a smart charger. And in the interest of safety, it is waiting until it knows it's hooked to a battery, meaning something with a base voltage, not your nipples, before it gives <laughs> life. Hey, man, your nipples might not have a base voltage, but... <laughs> you catch me in the middle of a... You know, if I do, like, a long run with a fuzzy shirt on... Maybe, oh, God, that'd be maybe, James. Maybe a wool sweatshirt. I got a lot yeah. of chest hair, you know? <laughs> it develops at least at least 9 or 10 volts in just chest hair. That's, that's hilarious. That's chest hair static. That's the way my dad used to check to see if chargers were plugged in. Yeah. Is it working? Click, click. Of you course, know, that's click. my... I still do it today. You know? You know, because if you hold it for a second, it'll pop the fuse. No, just just click it. Just just, just glance them off of each other. And he'd also and I see the spark. Missed yeah. it a while ago when you. I didn't want to interrupt, but yeah. he was also the guy that would open the door to the garage and go, "Okay, the battery's done." Yes, yes, <laughs> because <laughs> smell egg farts. When you see, yeah, when you smell the sulfur, yeah. sulf, sulfation, whatever. When, when you, you smell, smell the sulfur farts. smell, okay, the battery's done charging. Yeah, because it's, and I mean, it's boiling. The yeah, well, I got to the yeah. point where I, I went through school, I went through a diesel program, and I yeah. learned about electrons, and I learned about electrons' happy little lives. And, right. <laughs> and I tried to tell them, Dad, no, you're, you're, it's, you're it's, late. It's dead. It's, you're, late. you're cooking it. You know, it's, When you can smell the eggs, the battery's already yeah, fucked. Yeah, it's, it's a bad yeah. thing. <laughs> when you can smell the eggs, throw on the bacon. Yeah. <laughs> the that's all you're doing this finished. afternoon is eating bacon. It's <laughs> true, man. It's true. Anybody else come up with any Christmas gifts you like? You know, battery tender or battery charger, Optimate wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, that's a good yeah. stuff. Right? I mean, and hey, 39 yeah. bucks most places. Yeah, I do have a tender a and a variety of dumb chargers, but right. I would like an Optimate. Yeah, I mean, they work. I mean, I've got them in my garage. I've got six or seven of them. They're per- permanently lit up. I know at our shop for a long time, we were battery tender people. Um, we just, you know, every bike we sold came with a battery tender. I just think that for us, I think we've at least drank some Kool-Aid. And we believe that the Optimate is one grade better for the same money, you know. So, and that happens, and we're guilty of that. That happens for us, you know. We we sometimes fall into a, a trap hey. of that. Uh, if somebody wants, Renee, did you make any sweatshirts? No, next week. You should make hoodies because people next love week. hoodies. Hoodie, hoodie, hoodie. Because look at what I'm wearing. I think we got them ordered, right? What I mean, what generation is this? I'm wearing an original. It's not a damn moped. Original. <laughs> that's our original shop phone number. <clears throat> Ten years a, ago. Yeah, yeah. This is this is when we were. Is that, this is Lakewood. No, this is Lakewood. Oh, okay, I still have one of those. This is two one six two two seven nineteen sixty four. Old Lakewood number. Can you print on the arms? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. Yeah. My son asked yeah. me. You do Cleveland Moto down the arms. If you can do this logo. Like down a leg of a sweatpant. As long as it'll fit on a screen. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's why she can't do my dick. 
Ah, ah, ah. Oh, you should do girl sweatpants <laughs> with Motoguchi across the butt. Across the butt. Oh, <laughs> you would sell so many of those. I think that's great. Yeah. The uh, I'm gonna have some made with my picture on the ass oh, for my there you daughter go. when she wants to start wearing stuff. Yeah, with, yeah. Instead yeah. of words, it's gonna be my yeah. picture. Right. Just your face on the back <laughs> with a gun. That's it. Uncle Buck. That's it. Really. Have you? Do you know what a hatchet is, Bug? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you ever seen a hatchet? The, uh, Come here, son. <laughs> or was his name Nat or Bug? No, he said, I can circumcise a gnat. Oh, he said, I can circumcise a yeah. Wait, a gnat? Well, that's a bug, isn't it? <laughs> the, uh, it's, uh, it is, if anybody has any special requests for things that you'd like to have the Cleveland Moto printed. logo p- printed on, um, what do you seem to be printing on the back? What are we printing on the back these days, Renee? Just the old ones. Are we doing... Recycling. Which, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, what are they? What are we doing? Oh, the uh, Loctite. That's the only one I did on the back. In God We Trust, all else get Loctite. Yep, that's the only one. We're not doing Ran when parked? I can. Life that was better. a classic. Like, what was the other one I said? Oh, the other one that I, I think we should do, we can maybe let the podcast listeners chime in on this. Yeah. Um, is uh, Fresh material. It, it's better to ask for forgiveness than beg for permission. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought needs carbs cleaned would be good. Needs carbs cleaned. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> needs carbs cleaned. Fuck I've never you. never met a carburetor that couldn't use a cleaning. That's exactly That's right. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me it's again about Mac- how you're McElfrishism. It is a McElfrishism. Yeah. <laughs> Hondas aren't dead. They're just waiting to run again. <laughs> Old Hondas are never broken. They're just waiting to run again. So we're going to talk about for a, a brief moment about how, how undesirable motorcycling is right now, certain motorcycling, how undesirable it is in Cleveland. Mm. It's so undesirable. Because of the no. no. It's, it's so undesirable. What's the Yamaha Seika that's out front? Is that a 90, 97? Mm, yeah, 97 <laughs> XJ600. So there's a, a Burg- an Oldsmobile Burgundy yep, yep, Seika 2. 2. 600 cc four cylinder. Correct. And then there's a mid 90s. I don't know the. I don't know the year it's on that Yamaha. piece of shit. It's a. Is it a 750 or a nine? FZR. 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 Thousand maybe. It could be. It's it's a big boy. I think it's right. an FZR 1000. Yeah. It's a leader bike or near a leader bike. But you tripped over it when you pulled in the parking lot today. Yeah. It's blue. It's lower. Yeah, it's on. It's chrome. It's blowered. Yeah, yeah. So to give you an idea of how undesirable motorcycling, it's, it's as unwanted as a Ugandan <laughs> child right now. <laughs> Okay, now here's the thing. In in Cleveland, we just lost all three Ugandan listeners. Oh, Sorry. Our oh, listeners. man, and Pete worked so hard for that. Our listeners in Africa just dropped dramatically. The, uh, Pete uh, had it up there to like the two people. Up to like four, yeah. The, uh, now, in Cleveland, motorcycle shops are being broken into so that a 1986 Yamaha dirt bike can be stolen. If it is a dirt bike, or it looks like a dirt bike... I was just has, about to say, it's got to be a dirt bike. It has been stolen three times already in the city of Cleveland. I had a couple of dirt bikes in the back of my truck taking them to the warehouse. <clears throat> so I had a couple of dirt bikes, like one street bike and three dirt bikes. I had the Kendon. So I had four bikes loaded and rolling. And I get pulled over, as I do. <laughs> and uh, I, I get pulled over, and the state trooper comes up, and he said... You're not black. Oh, a trooper? <laughs> wow. No, 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 no. 
<laughs> he pulled me over and he's and he played the whole thing and he said, you know, you know, license, there's a license. Registration, sure, there's the registration. Plates are valid. Look, the trailer plate was valid. Oh, that's like a unicorn. Yeah, for you. For me, oh, that's insane. Officer, you don't understand Sir, how legit I am right you now. You have no idea <laughs> what a good day you caught me. I just paid my insurance premium. I'm legal as legal as ever been. Uh, you caught me the one month out of 12 that I'm totally legal. The trailer's legal, the truck's legal, the insurance paid up. How I keep track of all these different dates that need to be done can only be explained in one word. The word is Renee. So that's the only way we keep these bills paid. So did he ask if that was your safe word? No, it's a cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Banana, 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 banana. Uh, the safe word is always grandma naked. That's it. Oh. There you go. Now, now you know why. So, okay. So this this traffic stop is going on longer than it should, and in the back of my truck there is the Yamaha XT350. Yeah. There is. A Yamaha Big Wheel 200. Uh, a Yamaha well, Big Wheel 350. Right? Mm-hmm. And a Honda X, I believe it was an XR350 military motorcycle, all green. It was one of the ones that was used in the early 90s. United States Army. Interesting. Okay. XR, because you know, I got weird bikes. So, anyway, so there's four dirt bikes. <laughs> you, weird bikes? Imagine no. There. So, there's four dirt bikes. So I get pulled over by Mr. State Trooper. Mr. State Trooper says, You got a title for those bikes back there? And I said... And I had to look back there real quick, and I was like, Do you see the wrap on this truck? And and I said, The newest one, the newest one is a 92. So no, I don't have titles for any of these dirt bikes back there. They're dirt bikes. They're older than 30, you know, they're 25 plus years old. They're 30 years old. They don't have titles, you know. These are not titled vehicles. Do you have anything that shows you own the four dirt bikes on the back of the vehicle, on the back of the, in your truck? I said, well, I have them. That's what I would have been like, possession, nine-tenths of the law. I mean, they're here. <laughs> I have them. And unless you can prove they're stolen, I own them. And I have documentation that shows I'm a motorcycle dealer. <laughs> they're mine. And he's like, well, if you don't have titles for them. And I said, if, like... I, I, said, if I don't have titles for them, I have, there's absolutely no, no recourse I am not by law required to have titles for them as they are not road legal vehicles. Having a title for them is an option, and there was a period of time in Ohio where you could off-road use only title vehicles that didn't have them, but that bird is flown. So these are vehicles that don't have titles. They're non-titled vehicles. That's why they're so popular among the we-like-to-steal-things people, because they don't have titles. And once you own it, it's very hard to prove somebody else owned it before you or that you stole it from somebody. Mm -hmm. So dirt bikes are very popular items to be stolen because the vast majority of them don't actually have titles or VINs or that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's why when you go to the the Cleveland Police Auction Mm -hmm. uh, website, um, when they advertise that, like, you know... Hundreds of motorcycles. They're selling hundreds of motorcycles. Yeah, it's all crashed dirt bikes and quads. Right, exactly. And like and some of them biblically crashed. Of course, I've been to the lot. I've taken pictures mm-hmm. and put them on our Facebook page. Um, 
And when the Cleveland Police Department sells you hundreds of dirt bikes that have been crashed, they don't sell you titles with them. So they're just as guilty of propagating a bad situation. But, yeah, it was unable to show the state trooper four titles for four 27-plus-year-old motorcycles that I had on the back of my truck. And he really, really wanted to make a... He wanted to make my life difficult. And then I had to say, I said, well, not for nothing, but is there a ticket going to be issued today? (laughs) Because I'm trying desperately to get to my warehouse because I have many more motorcycles where these four came from that all need to be shifted from point A to point B. And you're really impeding my ability to get things done today because you've run me every which way from Sunday. And if you'd like to write down the VINs or what is there representing a VIN on all four of these bikes and run them at your own leisure. So you get off the camera. Am I being detained? Right, exactly. Yeah. And for you most should people, take that picture. <laughs> well, for most people, we deal with the Ohio State Highway Patrol here. The Ohio State Highway Patrol has earned a certain sense of reverence. Like, you could say things to a city cop or to a sheriff deputy. You just don't say that shit to a state trooper. That's like super troopers. Well, no, it's not like super troopers. Those guys are funny. <laughs> you know? But they fucked with you. No, no, I think that every time... I think that legitimately the Ohio State Highway Patrol is a paramilitary organization that has been trained... Because I know, I trained for half of their training cycle. We, I went to their training school... But I did it for half as long as they did. They went for six months. I went for three months. Those guys are fucking indoctrinated. Those guys do know law like scripture. Those guys are... Yeah, well... (laughs) They're making sure you think they know law like scripture. How's that? That's... Yeah. Right. And their uniforms are perfectly pressed. Their hats are perfectly square and flat and shiny. And they don't fuck around. And if they get out of the car, they've got their hat on. And they're extreme. They're a paramilitary organization. You know, you get extra points if you blow that hat off as a trucker, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> you mean your six-point violation turns into a ten-point violation? I bet you that's true. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. My favorite part. I don't doubt that, but I don't think that uh, I don't think that our state troopers have like anybody's ever said. Oh, the Ohio State troopers are pussycats. I think they have earned a reputation by their God. Really? <laughs> We're going to be turning to that podcast. The, uh, I, Sorry. Can he, be the that point guy? is going to be the button guy? Yeah, it'd be the button guy. That trooper, though, made it a point. I think he realized he wanted to catch a guy that had just stolen four motorcycles, four dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he wanted to be that guy. Because he took a gamble as a cop. Like right. those could be stolen bikes, so I'm just gonna pull the fucking thing over. And we had a rash up. Right. I had the same type of thing happen. My my shop got broken into because we had a dirt bike in the shop. I had the same type of thing yeah. happen in North Royalton, and not not the time, not this last time that I'm getting ready to go to court for. But yeah, when I had my Jeep, I borrowed the trailer from work. Yeah, and I had the green Suzuki. Yep. RV125 yeah. and my kid's mini bike. Right. And they pulled Strange me over. and queer, but still. And you bikes. know what? The the guy, he's yeah. like, 
what are the vehicles? Do you have, you know, titles for them? Right. Do you have, well, actually, he didn't say titles. He said, do you have registrations for them? Oh, yeah. I said, well, they're, they're both kind of dirt bikes. You know, one of them's a mini bike that you buy, right. like, at the, the Farm and Fleet store, <laughs> which it is, it is. That's true. Yukon, whatever, you right, they right, sell right. them at the home, right. the Bali Farm and Fleet. Yeah. Yeah, the other one's a Suzuki, but, I mean, it's uh, 73 or whatever, and it's an off-road vehicle. Sure, yeah. And as soon as he realized that, yeah. and he realized that I was a resident of the city, and he realized that you know the plate was good, right? The half a plate that was on the trailer was, was all right. <laughs> half of the plate, you know, and I, well, I will, why do you have the trailer? He was wanting to know why do you have the trailer? You know, who's the trailer registered to? Yeah. And I mean, as soon as he right. found the info out, he was right. like, "Okay, I'm just cool. I'm just doing my job. I'm just trying to make sure." Right. That it's legit right. because a lot of these things get. And even this yeah. is a suburb, dude. Even True. in North Railton, he's like a lot of these things get stolen. Right, like, That's exactly. Do it. tell, <laughs> tell me again about the fucking rash of thefts. But I mean, he at least yeah. was cool when he got to that point of yeah. he wanted to be the guy that, that oh, yeah. caught Whoa, someone stealing yeah. two dirt bikes. Also, yeah. but when he got to the point of finding the information out, he was like. Okay, well, that's. I have that's, to think you that know. there's a pretty high bounty out there in law enforcement for the guy who can catch the guy. Because they recently nailed a guy on in one of our eastern suburbs who was a, uh, a fella who was a, a, a suburban gentleman. Uh, we're just going to say he was a. He was a. Trash of the white variety. If he was a, if he was a wine, he'd be a trash blanco. <laughs> He's a, but what he was doing was he was stealing dirt bikes out of the barns of his neighborhood, realizing that most people that own barns twenty five miles outside of the city don't lock them. Don't lock them. Mm. You know, and so this guy was going in. I don't lock mine, but. <clears throat> I've got a good picture from my bedroom window. Right. This is this is the <laughs> idea, right? And so what's <coughs> happening is this guy was going in and stealing these bikes and then selling these bikes to urban outlaw motorcycle organizations <clears throat> or as what they just found out he was trading them for uh trading them for meth. Ah, well there. So he was trading them for heroin and meth. So he was stealing the bikes and then bringing them in. So, you know, a lot of the guys who are uh, who are wealthy suburban homeowners whose kids have six dirt bikes in the garage, mm-hmm. and you know they're fucking nice dirt bikes like KTM's and shit, and they're getting these six or seven thousand dollar six or seven thousand dollar dirt bikes stolen, and then they end up on the six o'clock news being twelve o'clock wheelie down some urban street in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, those bikes didn't just those guys aren't on the KTM race program. You know, there's no tra- KTM trailer park behind those dudes. Yeah, that's not the market that KTM's going after right now. So it turns out that this is uh, some white on white crime that's happening out in the suburbs, and this guy's supplementing his income by stealing from his neighbors. And he's probably selling the meth and heroin Don't back to the people it. he stole the bikes from. Who knows? For kids, at least. Or, or, yeah. yeah, who knows? Sucks about case, your bike, dude. Hey, you want a bump? Well, yeah. exactly. <laughs> do you know what will make you feel better about losing your KTM? This heroin. Yeah. <laughs> you got any more of that heroin? Well, yeah. then. Yeah. But, hey, but, that heroin seems to have you down. You want some meth? It'll perk you right up. It'll perk you right up. <laughs> but, yeah, I like that's one of those things. Like Dirt bikes right now are such a hot commodity in, in the 
in the crime community. And yet I've had an ATC 110 sitting in my driveway and nobody's touched it. And yet we've had two sport bikes parked out in front of our shop last <laughs> night. Uh, Was and, that a nice lead-in or what? Oh, yeah. And <laughs> well, to give you an idea of what happened, we had a... Did both of those bikes come in from the same person? Mm-hmm. Do we know? Okay. I'm... I'm 90% sure, yes. That they're both of the same guy. I'm pretty sure they are. All right. So a gentleman brings in these two motorcycles to our shop. This is months ago. Oh, yeah. This isn't weeks ago. No, this those things have been ago. here since probably spring oh, or I've early summer. Oh, I've pushed that blue one in and out at least 40 times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's slammed. It's got a chrome frame and chrome wheels. Way lower than it should be. And it's slammed so low the side stand does not work even with 50 pounds of air in the tires. Correct. We found out today. Correct. It's, yeah, and... It's... After they were dropped off, I was hostile that they were brought in. Like I saw the bikes and I yelled at James and I was like, "What the fuck? Who took these pieces of shit in to my shop? Call them now and get these fucking bikes out of here. We're not doing anything with these bikes." The exhaust on the Seca 2 looked like it had been chewed by Godzilla. <laughs> I don't know how you even bend a pipe that many directions at the same time. The muffler looked like it had been pinched by the jaws of life, and it went, Mmm, delicious! I will have more, until the vital juices came out of it, and then they were like, I've had enough, and then gone. There yeah, are, it looks like it's been run over by a Mack truck. It's been hit by the ugly stick. I mean, hard. And so both bikes are clearly shit boxes. yet they both had valid registrations on them. The plates were good, mm-hmm. and they came in, and so I know then James immediately tried calling the guy, and that couldn't get in touch with him. And then, now, did he ever get back in touch with us? Because there was a jail thing. Yeah, they called, and he said he went to jail, and I think he went back. So, I don't did know. Did he say that he, because I got confused, did he say that I can't come and pick my bikes up because I'm in jail? That's a good excuse. No, he said he couldn't pick them up. <laughs> he could not pick them up before because he was in jail. But now he's he out of jail. He was now out, but he had to go back to court, so I'm thinking maybe he went back to so jail he could get some more he jail. never picked him up. Right. Because when you go back to court, if you got out of jail and you go back to court, you're going back to jail. There's a, yeah, there's a good chance. There's a pretty good chance you're going back to jail. And when And this is a big pet peeve I have, and I think that every shop in America... Should have a policy that says when you bring a bike into a shop to be worked on. Yes, yeah, if you have a court date pending. <laughs> yeah. You have court? Yeah. No. Yeah. You got a case? Right. Have you cut a case? No. Right. Yeah, I think if you didn't catch a case, you're probably okay. You may have but, to do a background check. Well, here's what I think should happen is I think that the, the mechanic doing the work, the shop doing the work, should look at the, the thing and say, look, I think you got $400 of the work here. Give me 200 up front. And if you can't produce the 200 up front, I don't want you as a customer. Because if you can't pay half today, you damn sure can't pay the full amount in a week. Yeah. That's just that makes it. Makes sense. And we have so many customers come through our door that drop their bikes off for service like they buy a goddamn lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. They know that 99.999% of the time they're just going to lose a buck. But one chance in a million, they might hit and win $10,000. They drop their bikes off at our shop thinking that by the time these idiots get this bike fixed, I could be a millionaire. I have no money right now, but I have a motorcycle that doesn't run. So I'm going to drop it off at the shop. I'm going to roll the dice, 
And when they call me in two weeks saying that I owe them $700, well, by then my disability check will have arrived, and I won't have spent it. <laughs> It'll be or, the first of the month. Or by then I will have... <laughs> first and 15th. Well, or by then I will have hit the lottery and I'll be a multimillionaire. So I'll be able to pay for my invoice on this bike. But at the moment, I'm temporarily an embarrassed, destitute, future millionaire. And they drop the Aren't bike we off. All? And so in two weeks when we call them and say, your bike is done, you owe us the $490 we talked about, they're like, well, I don't have it. I can't pay you. And the problem is, our only recourse then is to go through the elaborate process of doing a mechanics lien. And it's not a for-profit industry. Mm-hmm. And just in case anybody who's listening to the podcast thinks that Motorcycle dealers like myself end up with these two bikes that are out front. Like I said, they weren't even stolen. They were left outside in Cleveland. (laughs) No keys, columns unlocked, valid license plates on both of them, and they survived a night in Cleveland. You could push that bike anywhere. You could. You could. They could be being pushed away right in now. In a neighborhood where catalytic converters disappear in a heartbeat. Yes! This whole neighborhood is full of cat thieves. Right. Cat burglars have taken over the neighborhood because we've all lost catalytic converters. And that requires effort. You gotta lay on your back and shit. Meanwhile, two, two motorcycles that are easily pushable are still where I left them yesterday at you know 2 p.m. Well, god damn it, man. It's not worth my time and effort. If I paid the money it would cost me through the state of Ohio to legally get a title for those motorcycles is over five to $600 per motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Well, neither one of those motorcycles is worth five to $700. So, And the owners better have their own insurance on them because that's not your fault. Mm. Well, here's how it goes, Dustin. Turns out... Once the motorcycle is checked into my shop for service, if the motorcycle disappears, I am culpable. So you can get an insurance check? No, Dustin. You have to pay for it. I have a a $5,000 deductible. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, when you own a motorcycle shop and you have insurance, Mm -hmm. if you use that insurance... Your rates go through the roof. Yeah. So if I had to pay the Kelly Blue Book value of $750 and $500 if they're running, in which case neither of these shit boxes is running because they weren't brought to me because they're fucking pristine. They're brought to me because whoever obtained them... Nobody parks a good running motorcycle. They never, <laughs> they never parked that shit because it ran perfectly, Right. I want to preserve this state. Right, exactly. I like it just the way it is. These two motorcycles wouldn't even be qualified to hang on the wall at TGI Fridays. Like, <laughs> that's how fucked they are. Well, that's true. Yep, and it's true. The best thing that could happen to those motorcycles would be that if they weren't on my property, and I'm about to tell you how fucked up that situation is. I called the police and I said, Hello, police. I am a business owner. I have two motor vehicles that have license plates on them that have been abandoned on my property. Sounds like a pretty clear-cut case to me. Come and impound these fucking motorcycles so that the owner will come to your impound lot and pay you exorbitant amounts of money to get them back into their possession. That's how cities make money. Anybody who's been to an impound lot knows the way that shit works. It's not fun but you pay it because you want your shit back. 
The city of Cleveland said, nope. As a business owner, you have to get that shit towed at your own expense. Huh. Yeah. Which then makes you responsible for that vehicle. And then every door- day that that vehicle is in storage at that towing yard, I'm responsible for. Like 75 bucks a day? Eh, it's usually about 15 It's 5 to $15 a day, depending on the lot. It's usually what, a buck fifty for the tow first. And then, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two motorcycles, 150 bucks a piece, 300 bucks. Yeah, plus a you know 15 dollars a day storage, just to have them off my property, for a bill that no never got paid. I could just kick them and they'll be off your property. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. A great idea would Sidewalk. be to, a great idea would be to just just at three o'clock in the morning look both ways, run them out in the middle of the intersection, and then run back. You know. Run away and just you know what? abandon them in the middle of the intersection. Go leave them over at Dunkin' Donuts and see what they do. It's private property. They would have to tow them away. That's right. But you would not have to. The, see, the difference <laughs> between me and the guy that abandoned them here is I know that it sounds like I don't have any ethics, but I actually do, kind of. And I don't want to fuck the people over at Dunkin' Donuts, you know? So I'd really rather not fuck them over, you know? I, well, they are your yeah. neighbors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, hold on, guys. <laughs> Is there any way we can get donuts out of the deal? <laughs> can we trade two motorcycles for donuts? Yeah. You can have these two motorcycles for five dozen donuts. Right. Yeah. But that gives you and an coffee. idea. Like, and so we're sitting here, we're like, how bad is the motorcycle industry right now? How bad is motorcycling in general right now? The, the It's so bad that people have gone to great lengths to break into our store. People have gone to great lengths to steal her catalytic converter and steal my catalytic converter and generally fuck with us in general. Yet, when two motorcycles are left out at the corner of my lot against the street where they are literally touching the sidewalk, <clears throat> nobody walks by and goes, I bet we can roll those away. <laughs> I think that... So last night, what you don't know is I couldn't sleep. I was having dreams about these motorcycles getting stolen. Oh. And I have um, I have cameras I have cameras in the shop, and I can look at the cameras through my phone. And so I was watching the cameras last night at like one o'clock, and three thirty, and five, and whatever. And at three o'clock in the morning, well, no, only when the motion sensor would go off. The right, motion right, sensor right. would go off, and I'd look. And at three o'clock in the morning, I saw two gentlemen walk up to these two motorcycles, uh-huh. and they walked up to the two motorcycles and they looked at them. And they walked all around the motorcycles, and they looked at them again. And they spent a solid minute and a half just looking around themselves. They looked like two white guys that were about Sounds to tell like a racist a, joke. Bait car. You know? mm-hmm. Well, they thought it was bait motorcycles. They, I swear to God, these guys, these guys thought they were... They really did think it was bait motorcycles. And they were looking all over the place going, so how far do we get to push these things before we get to meet the SWAT team? And... They, it was pretty funny because I was Cleveland, like, pretty far. I was yelling at my phone, "Take them, take them, <laughs> take them!" And I'm zooming in on their face and taking screenshots of their face because I was like, "Come on, dude, take them, take em. please take them, right? Take them." I just want to be able to tell the story that they were stolen, and they were stolen by these two guys. And we have pictures of them, and we don't care. <laughs> if I knew them, I would send them gas money. <laughs> well, then you pointed Ouch. out that our neighbor's truck. Oh yeah, yeah. 
What the fuck, man? How is this even a thing? It's the, it's the handyman yeah. of the next door property. He doesn't live there? He does not oh. live there. Get the I always thought he did, but he does not. I he thought he not, lived there. He does not live there. He, he smokes a there. million cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, sure, we'll call those cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the truck has been sitting in the driveway. And this is a Dodge Ram. Yep, it's a Dodge Ram. Or what's left of a Dodge Ram. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Dodge Ram. And uh, it's been sitting there. in the driveway forever. Right, yeah. I know this. Yeah, you notice that flat tire. <clears throat> Oh, it's got more than a It has tire. a couple of flat tires. <laughs> it has, if you look underneath it and realize that the, the little thing hanging down is actually one of the tie rods. Oh, really? It has, like, not the ball joint that holds the control arm to the right. spindle. It better the, be missing its cat. But the ball joint that holds the <laughs> tie rod, yeah, yeah, the yeah. outer tie rod to the spindle. So critical front so that's, end components yeah, can't are disconnected. Can't yep. steer. <laughs> I noticed it. I noticed it yesterday. It is on the street. It has because this was no plates. This was in the driveway for a Correct. long time with Correct. plates on. And I'm thinking the tenants are probably bitched about it because they have no place to park. Okay, because you can't park in the garage because the tree has made the garage so crooked. Oh, the, the garage tree has made open. the tree has made the garage its bitch. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't open any of those the garage garages. Doors. Like <clears throat> whatever is yeah. in that garage ain't coming out until the tree yeah. takes that garage away. But, um, I noticed a little side stand or something that he has under the truck. What? A little stand <laughs> under the truck. Did you see what? That? No. A little stand. What, Maybe what is it connected it to? A jack? Forward. Oh, so he's got a prop on the truck to keep it from rolling forward? I guess. If you're talking about something underneath that's hanging down, that's the steering linkage. Okay. If, if you're just, something if you're just looking <laughs> under the truck and seeing something like diagonal. But was there something in front of one of the tires? No, not in front of the Okay. Yeah, the right. steering link is just broken. Okay, it's just whatever. it's just there. Yeah. You know? Okay. And there's no there's so no plate on it. He took a truck. It was just dead. sitting on the side street. And rather than having it towed to a scrapyard and getting 150 bucks it's for on public money, property. He then rather said, I'm not gonna take it to the scrapyard and get 150 bucks. I'm going to push it onto the public street. I can only imagine and like nature that's take at. its course. That's where but it's at. It has a VIN. And if they take it away, it'll disappear. But I actually that, lost. I mean, I would, this is a this yeah. is a shitty story. But I actually lost a vehicle to the city of Cleveland when I drove truck. I drove right. for Schneider when yeah. I first started driving. When I drove truck, I had a uh, yeah. Sorry. I know the the people can't see that, but right. you can. The Shut podcast up. listeners don't appreciate the visual representation <laughs> of, driving, uh, of driving truck. <laughs> is there a reason you're here? No. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, I drove truck over the road. Okay. I lived on Bosworth, well, off, sure. of, off of Lorraine, yeah. 115th off Lorraine. Right. And uh, my vehicle, yes, please. Wait, okay. Uh, 10 o'clock, go ahead. My yeah. vehicle We're an hour and ten. was parked on the street in front of my residence of record. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It was parked for... Was it legally parked? It was legally parked. Okay. It was legally plated. It was legally registered. It was legally sure. insured. Yeah. And it was in front of my address of record. Okay, sure. And I was driving truck, so I was out for... A couple uh, of days. I think yeah. at that particular time, I think I was out for like a week and a half. Yeah. And uh, they towed my car away. It was an 83 AMC Eagle. <laughs> Wagon, <laughs> sport wagon, sport wagon. Yeah, but they yeah. they stole it. I yeah. I jokingly say they stole it because right. I mean, you came home and your car wasn't there. Yeah, 
I came home, my car wasn't there. Yeah. My, my first wife I was married to at the time, yeah. I said, were you moving it? Mm-hmm. She said, yeah, I moved it like every two days. I got in, I started it. And you moved it around. When I came home and yeah. there was a space open in front of it, I would get in and I would start. I would so drive. what was the rules in your neighborhood? You weren't allowed to park for 24 hours? 24 hours, yep. Okay, so you had to move it. But you could park overnight. Correct. Okay, yeah. But I mean, yeah. it's in front of the record. <clears throat> oh, I it's get it. It's in front of the residence of If records. they run the VIN, Come on, dude, if they really? run the plate, it comes really? back to that house. Apartment right. building, right, right there, yep. I get you. I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah. uh, I can attest, though, that the vehicle goes away. Yeah. You get basically letter. one letter. Yeah. So your and if you don't pick it up, nothing happens to you. This but is what I'm getting at. The right, long and the short is, if you do not pick it up, nothing happens. If I were a city... They don't send you a bill for the vehicle. They don't send you a second notice. They just, How many nights has that been out where it is? Because it's literally on... This is on a side street going up to a major U.S. Route 6. Mm-hmm. And it's going ten. up... What's that? Oh, ten. 10. Sorry, Sorry, 10. Yeah, it's going to Route 10. And it's at a side street, and it's literally the car at the stop sign. Oh, yeah, it's the first one. It's yeah. the first one. So, how many nights has it been there? So, you Tonight could have is. had you you could have two or three parking tickets on there already. That, and then so two or three parking tickets, 60, 70 bucks a piece. Go after the guy cuz there's a VIN on the truck. Theoretically. And you go after the guy and you say, "Hey, look, you got an abandoned vehicle there. You got three or four parking tickets on that bitch already." But that was what, yeah. part of that story. Yeah. To circle back, they don't necessarily put like I didn't uh, crew parking tickets yeah. to that vehicle. Which is weird. So like, they towed there it. There were no parking tickets. There was one ticket. Right. They towed it. Yeah. I got a notice that wow. they towed it. Yeah. And then it could be picked up at lot number whatever. three or whatever yeah. the hell it is yeah. over there. Yeah. And I've dealt with and, those folks uh, a lot because I customers customers that are in motorcycle collisions, their bikes get taken to the impound lots. Yep. And so I have to go pick them up. And the amount of documentation that is required to pick up a motorcycle at an impound lot is ridiculous. I mean, it's like you need a letter from the insurance company. You need a letter from the police that say that the fines and fees have been paid. Mm -hmm. You need the actual title for the vehicle. (laughs) Otherwise, you're not getting it out of the impound lot. And the impound lot is full of fucked up $30,000 Harley Davidsons. Mm -hmm. It's full of fucked up $25,000 Can-Ams. Like, the impound lot is full of really expensive motorcycles that have been upside down once or twice. And, you know, you, you nailed it when you said quads and dirt bikes, man. Yep. Quads and dirt bikes. Hundreds and hundreds of quads and dirt bikes. Because they're stolen easily, and they get impounded easily. The uh, We have a major problem. I'm sure every metropolitan area has a major problem with uh, what the, the code word for that is urban dirt bike squads. Yep, and uh, twelve o'clock, 12 boys. o'clock boys, whatever you want to call them. But every, I think every urban area is having the problem with that because wheelies are fun, and dirt bikes are easy to steal and Just, easy to wheelie, and they don't have keys. Yeah, yeah. so they're really, uh, it, it is getting hit from all sides. Yeah, and here's an honest tip, actually, for you know the real, mm-hmm. you know, the honest people that you know you're selling a dirt bike. Yeah, you, know, you live out in the country, you live wherever. Yeah, you're selling your kid's dirt bike or your uh-huh. dirt bike or whatever. Yeah. when you're taking pictures of it to post it on Craigslist. Yeah, whatever camera you're using, which is probably going to be your smartphone, probably your phone. Turn off location, <laughs> location <service>. settings. <laughs> Any location services That's for true. your camera, turn off. Because when you take a picture of that bike, it right. embeds metadata into the photo right. That's that true. any thief that has even half a brain could go into and right. actually Google map the location where that the photo was, was taken. taken. Yeah, where the picture was taken. And then they can come steal your motorcycle. If your bike is so delicious, 
they will probably come and steal it. But I think that they're probably not that ambitious. I think that it's... We know someone that got her bike stolen that way. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They literally... Oh, man. Well, once again... she, She got her bike stolen within, I think, eight hours of posting it on Craigslist. Wow. And no one would know that her locked garage contained that bike. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, it is one of those things. I don't, uh, I don't ever think that. I, I don't. I mean, I'm very careful with Craigslist as it is, but I am guilty. I do not scrub. I don't think I'm aware of the location services being turned on or off on my phone when I post things up. So I have it turned off by default. By default. But I allow it for certain apps. For certain, yeah, exactly. You know, because yeah. the apps will ask you, if you have it turned off, it'll say, you know, can this app use location services on yeah. your phone? And, no. <laughs> and if you think it's an app like, oh, yeah. yes, I want location yeah. services used for, you know, well, and some around of them, me or Yelp Well, or like Waze. I love Waze. I use Waze yeah. all the time. I do a lot of traveling. I do a lot of traveling out of state. I like knowing where the road problems are, so I use Waze. Well, it turns out that the Waze default for your location services is always on. So that even if you're not using the Waze app... Oh, it's still tracking you? It's tracking you. So that's one of those things that you may want to turn off Waze, literally in location services, turn Waze off completely, because it has basically two settings, off and always on. They don't have a setting for only when you're using the app. Mm. So, so Waze is delicious, but John, make sure one. you turn off the location services in your Bears app. In your Bears, yeah. Where to find Bears? <laughs> Bear, Bear Bears. Finder. Bear Finder. <laughs> Bearfinder. Bearfinder.com. Well then, it's not called Grinder. It's called Grinder. <laughs> it's called Grizzly. <laughs> Grizzly. That's Grinder. <laughs> uh, one of our friends, JJ, up in Toronto. Uh, JJ's uh, one of our scooter friends, and she's got a, some really cool. Old, you know, two-stroke Suzuki's, and she's got. Uh, I think she still has her Bentley, her old Honda Bentley. J- JJ's just one of our one of our favorite people, and she posted recently that there's a film crew uh, ca- doing a casting call up in Toronto right now for bikers. <laughs> They're filming some sort of a commercial or some sort of a movie or some sort of a thing. But if you're in the Greater Toronto area and you look it up. Uh, there's a film company that is looking for 40 to 50 year old motorcycle types, and hey, hey, the, the job requires a uh, a casting call. I think on December 3rd, and they're going to use you on December 11th through oh, 13th. Today. Hold on, three thousand dollars. Well then, oh, that got your bad. fucking attention. Yeah. Oh, all of a sudden there's chum if, in the if, water. If, well, if, we got to get a hold of Tim from Do the Ton. If you've got a beard and a belly, eh? Okay. Um, I <laughs> but you'd be the most very politest biker. Oh. Hey, I saw you hitting on my old lady. I'd appreciate if you'd like not knew that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was also thinking, it's like they're looking for they're looking for <clears throat> hardcore uh, dirtbag Harley types, but they're looking in Toronto. So the scale's going to be a little loaded. <laughs> right. Super duper polite. Uh, but, yeah, the tattoos are going to be like, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <sorry. laughs> Have you seen the it's video tattoo, eh? of Can- <laughs> Canadian Road Rage? Have you seen that video? 
It's a guy in a truck pulls out. A guy in a motorcycle. He's got his GoPro yeah. or whatever camera he's got on, and he's just. And I'm sorry, people. Yeah. This is I, we know. We're fully aware that this what we're about to do is some racist horseshit. And if you want to fucking, if you want to unsubscribe from our podcast right now, I'm leaving. Goodbye, it's, Badger. It's not. It's not racist. Goodbye, it's Canadian. They're nice. No, they're look. If we say anything about them that's stereotypical, we're no better than Klansmen. Yes, but this is a real video that you could look up. Just look up Canadian Road Rage on YouTube. Listen, you spew your hate on somebody else's podcast. <laughs> you know, we uh, we believe in Canadian freedom. Canadian solidarity, eh? Well, the, this dude's ripping... I, Bob and Doug forever. He was on... I think he was on a Savage or something. It was, it was a Lotus placement bike. Yeah. And he's, he's ripping down the road, just having a good old time like yeah. any one of us would do. And some guy in a pickup truck pulls out in front of him, and he, he evades really nicely. Does a good job. Does a good job. Him. He did drop the bike, but he was all right. Yeah. And he got up, and he pushed it to the side of the road. And uh, the guy in the pickup truck comes running up, and you're thinking, like, if this were America, this hillbilly's going to run up and want to fucking beat the shit out of the biker. Uh, he comes yeah. rubbing up, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, so sorry. Oh, my God, are you okay? Are you okay? Okay, get up, get up. Get up. Okay, come on. Just, just breathe, man. Just breathe. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. That was totally my fault. Totally my fault. I didn't see you. And the guy in the motorcycle is pretty chill about it. He's like, no, man, it's okay. Like, you know, I was kind of going too fast anyway. You were all right. And they just are going back and forth like, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It was amazing. Look, I I would love to. I have had more than the average amount of experience with Canadians as, as being the type of enthusiast I am. And every year, for years and years and years, we went up to Ontario for a scooter run that was in Welland. And I'll let people from Ontario who listen to this podcast go, oh, yeah, Welland. Oh, yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's their dirty south. It's the only place in it's Canada. It's the dirty north. No, it's the dirty south of Ontario. Oh. It's right up against the northern shores of Lake Erie. So it is truly southern Cana- Canada. Ooh. It's, it's so you- the only place in Canada where I have ever seen not one, but four rebel flags on the way to the rally site. Damn. Okay? So there's rebel flags in Ontario, a province of the Queen, right? Uh, But yet, rebel flags. And so hanging out where we would hang out and where we would have our events are these biker properties. We'll just leave it at that. And we get to meet some of the local talent. And <laughs> talent. <laughs> well yeah, and we, we got to meet some really interesting dudes. And yeah, they were they were weird and they were they were bikers. There ain't no doubt look at man. I'm gonna tell you, these people were bikers with a capital goddamn B. <clears throat> they may not have ridden a Harley Davidson to be there. Mm-hmm. But they were fucking bikers, and they lived it and breathed it every single day. Um, how many Harley Davidsons were in Mad Max? Yeah, excellent and, point. And, yeah, right. excellent point. And but these dudes in Canada, who were the dirtbaggy of all dirtbaggy bikers, and you know, and lived the biker lifestyle of that alternative counterculture type thing, but they were to a man, fucking human. Like they were good goddamn people, mm-hmm. and I would, I got to hear some of their the problems they would have their club members, 
you know, oh, well, this guy's on probation right now because he did this, this, and this. And this guy's on probation because he did this, this, and this. And I would hear these stories about what these guys did, and none of this shit would make even the back pages of what went on in our world. Yeah. I came to the conclusion that Canadians, even scummy, dirtbag biker Canadians, are pretty fucking great people. And I think there's just something to it. I know that it's only a line that separates... Buffalo mm. and Detroit from Ontario. And we all know that you can find yourself in a sideways situation pretty easily in Detroit. And Buffalo. And Buffalo. Right? And there are some shifty motherfuckers in both of those towns. Yet, for some reason, every Canadian I've ever run across, no matter how shifty they appear to be, turn out to be really generous, nice, kind people. Mm. It might be in the water. I don't know. Or maybe having socialized healthcare your whole life makes you just a nicer person overall. I'm not sure. But I've never had a shitty experience with a Canadian. Me neither. I never got bought so many beers. You have? Yes. (laughs) Fucking tell me about this running you had with a Centaur. When I was driving truck. Yeah, of course. And of course, I just did the... You did the international symbol for driving a truck. The international symbol for driving a bus is where you put your hand up here. Giant steering wheel. Right. And it was in in PQ. It was in Quebec. Oh, is... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Was that a Canadian or a Quebecois? That's French Canada. Canada. Yeah. Okay, so that's a different story. Oh, well, okay. They're already 78% cunty just based on this French language. Yeah, yeah, they're dicks. They're just fucking dicks. I mean... I actually met Canadian hillbillies. Oh, yeah, I met a lot of Canadian hillbillies. Yeah. Anywhere else? No, I've been to Ontario. I've been to British Columbia. Yeah. Is that what? Is that what's above Washington State? Yeah. Yeah. That's BC. And what's next? Alberta. I've been to Alberta. Cool. All All cool. cool. Totally cool. PQ? I don't... Province Quebec? Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I've been there like three times. Yeah. It's bullshit every time. Yeah. People were assholes. Yeah. I speak enough French to tell people in Quebec that I don't speak French. (laughs) And, uh, And to basically get along for like basic commerce. And my experiences there were more off-putting than my experiences in France proper, in Paris proper, where I got ripped off hard <laughs> when I blew a tire on a de chevaux. And to give you an idea how, you know, how old the story is, I blew a tire on a de chevaux. Yeah. That gives you an idea how... And it was a rental. <laughs> it was, and it was a new <laughs> rental And it was car. a relatively new at the time de chevaux. Last and, time I blew a tire on a de chevaux, they kicked me out of the shop. <laughs> yeah, and... But yes, I have had I've had have had rather shitty, but it was this more sort of this this uppity bullshit attitude that I had with the people of Quebec that were only just trying to prove a point of how French or well, Quebecois. I didn't even get like I didn't even get like descent towards me being an American, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't speak French? Right. So fuck you, you're you dead. Know? Yeah, basically, right. You're yeah. dead to me if you don't speak you French. Know, I asked, I'm trying to right. ask on the radio, on the CB radio, for directions, and I finally get somebody after like five or six tries that, I'm sorry. oh yeah, I know where you're going, yeah, okay, you need to go on the route, blah, 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 right. and he yeah. continues in French. And of I'm course like, you No, do. dude, I, I speak, I you know, lost I'm me American. Right. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, then I guess you're fucked, yeah. Right. Like, really? 
Oh, believe me, air traffic, like, air traffic controllers dude. in Quebec speaking. And like, when you're in, yeah. especially That's the, just the rule, especially the eastern portion of yeah. Ontario, right? Like all the signs are bilingual. Of course they are. Yeah, all the road signs right. and shit are bilingual. Yeah. Right. And as soon as you cross into PQ, right, it's French. I mean, I mean, French it's only. Pretty, it's pretty easy to understand Nord, Sud, Sud, Est. Yeah. I can, but I can get that. I'm making a point of it. Yeah. But I mean, right. It's like no fucking English spoken. Right. Or it used to be, at least. This was. Yeah. Jesus. And no, I think that, that sentiment sort of exists. It exists right now. Last time I was up there and uh, and last time I dealt with anybody from there, it's, it's pretty well. It's consistent. I have not gone up there. Uh, I haven't taken the opportunity to go back. Uh, a couple of friends of mine call it uh, Intro to Europe. <laughs> so like, you know, it's uh, it's that's France for beginners, but I disagree because I've traveled in France, I've traveled in Europe, and I find it to be mm-hmm. way more welcoming and way more fun mm-hmm. in the actual Europe yeah. than in the than the American that, Europe. No, it's not. It's the, <laughs> they want it's your it's, they want your dollars. Well, French Canadians just want you to get the fuck out. Yeah, they're angry. <laughs> they're angry about it, and I do think that they're angry about it. And I, that was that was my takeaway was I was like you know I've traveled around France before I've traveled around all kinds of different language uh, different language speaking areas and never had a problem and I'm a go along to get along kind of guy I'm just here <clears> to generally <throat> prop up your economy mm-hmm. and see the sites take pictures and buy cool shit and this is the first place ever where that's not good enough that you want me to assimilate to the point of learning your language. You know, and, and if I were to say, like, oh, I'm sorry, you speak Spanish or you speak German, speak America or go home. And I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that here. And I think anybody here should be able to do what they want to do. We have people coming to the shop all the time where English is not their, fr- their first language. And you'll watch Renee, who is, who's speaking a little bit of Spanish. You'll watch me, who can... Yeah, she can, can speak get her- enough to talk to people. Yeah, and I've I try my best... And then I can speak, I can get, I can get along real well in German. You can get along real well in German. Yeah. I've seen you do it. I have to keep telling people to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we try and, you know, German doesn't, German isn't always their home language, but a lot of European <laughs> folks. But a lot of people who are Slovenian and Croatian and stuff like that, they do also speak German. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of people come into the shop or Russian people that come into the shop they don't speak English, but they speak German. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to talk to them in German and convey the exchange of ideas. And Renee does it really well with Spanish. She does a really good job. Uh, but, you know, we're always welcoming. And it and we're never like, get out of here, you don't speak English. Yeah. We don't give, I mean, yeah. I've had people in, you know, in Quebec actually mm-hmm. really treat me shitty because of the six phrases that I happen to know in French, you know, I'm trying. You know, I know six now. I knew four before. So, oh, I've sat, I've sat all day long mm-hmm. in a staging area, mm-hmm. watching French Canadian drivers get uh-huh. loaded, and knowing damn well that <laughs> I'm sitting there because <laughs> no, get get uh-huh. freight put on, <laughs> not no, get loaded, not loaded. even get loaded the good way. Speak eh? loaded and rolling, but no, that because I know damn well it's because I'm of course an English speaker, right? You know? Yeah, you're getting last priority, pretty much. Yeah, you're moving slow. Your lips and ass. I mean, the rest of Canada was cool. The rest, uh, 
right. Ontario yeah, always been nice cool. I used to go to Guelph all the time, which yeah. is like a oh, no, we know western yeah. west of Toronto. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Guelph is Guelph is another uh, port based uh, economy. So yeah, Guelph is another. Uh, we we've done rallies in Guelph. We done mm-hmm. there's a there's a really cool park up there called the Pinery, <coughs> and it's like our metro parks. It's just ah. a gorgeous nature preserve, and these are places we've had rallies before, and we've always found that even like, years ago we were at a at a, at a rally on Peely Island, which is in our quote our lake, mm-hmm. but it is a Canadian island. Yeah, it's, across, that, it's across the lake border. Well, because half that lake belongs to Canada. Mm-hmm. And so that we can only access Peely Island by going up through Putin Bay first. So we put the bikes on the ferry, out we go. And we happen to be causing so much trouble that the uh, OPP and uh, the. <laughs> yeah, you know me. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> This happened to be the Ontario police. Uh, that the, the Ontario OPP. Provincial Police. Yes, I get the, it, I get it. Yeah, yeah. You down with OPP? Because yeah. we were all down with OPP. <laughs> they had asked us to leave the rally on the first ferry out. The problem is the first ferry didn't go back to Putin Bay or Sandusky, Ohio. The first ferry went back to Canada. <laughs> Not a good thing when your van or truck is parked in Ohio. So we had to make sure we missed the first ferry. And once again, I will say it is better to ask for forgiveness than beg for an apology or beg for permission. Uh, Yeah, and that was one of those situations where we happened to just materialize after the first ferry had rolled out. So we got to go home the short way instead of the long way. That's that's just fun stuff. (laughs) Back to the States via Canada. Oh, a lot of people did. A lot of people had to go up into Ontario and then drive all the way around Lake Erie through Detroit. To get back to where they parked their cars. The unintentional Lake Erie loop. Yeah, the unintentional <laughs> half a loop. Half of it, yeah. yeah. I got an extra 320 miles for no good reason. The uh, But there's that. Uh, I got to roll out, man. You got to roll out. Well, yeah, yeah, that's cool. We're going to wrap the podcast up anyway. Let's shut her down. The, uh, yeah, we got a good uh, hour and a half. Yeah, I usually like to run about yeah. an hour and a half. The, uh, the big things, of, of course, if you want your bike to be in the Cleveland International Motorcycle Show, mm-hmm. contact us. Once again, through our Facebook page, www.facebook.com, Cleveland Moto Podcast. Cleveland Moto, all one word, then podcast. Just go up into the search field in Facebook and type in Cleveland Cleveland Moto Moto Podcast. Podcast. Thank you. You'll find us. And that's us. Yeah. You found it. Ugly dude, front and center. Well, whatever, but we can can put better pictures up there. It was, hey, that is the example of a hastily assembled Facebook page. It's better that it's there than not being there. You just wanted one with a foreigner and if, Emmy. With a foreigner and Emmy in it. That's true. It's, it's, got, a, it's got an Australian. It does have an Australian. It's somebody from, from Oz and, and Emmy. And Emmy Both. in the picture. Which only happened like once. That was once. That was literally <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The fact that Josh D. wasn't in the picture and we weren't naked swimming in the lake is just a simple matter of logistics. <clears throat> so um, go to our Facebook page. And chime in, because if you are going to be attending the Cleveland International Motorcycle Show, which is at the end of January, and you would like to have your motorcycle featured in the show, we have room for only 19 motorcycles. Mm. Only 19 motorcycles. (laughs) But what you will get is you'll get a pass. And so we'll give you a pass for the weekend. Nice. Um, And we're going to be doing our podcast from there. We'll try to do it better than we normally do it. And we'll, uh, but we'll have 19 bikes. 
So we'll have 19 bikes in the show. Uh, the Penton Motorcycle Group couldn't make it out this year. Bummer. I know. And the Vintage really? Japanese Motorcycle Club won't be there. So it's us, baby. <laughs> Remember that space last year that was full of all the Pentons? That's interesting. Yeah. It ain't going to be there this year. It's mm-hmm. us. So... Cleveland Moto will be representing. Nice. Well, then. That's what we'll be doing. So, please, if you do want to have your bike in the show, if you got a cool bike and you want to have it in the Cleveland IMS show, contact us. I will get you the information that you need. I will get you your passes. You can meet us there, and it will cost you nothing. And, and what type get... of bike does that need to be? That needs cool. to be a, a, a customized bike. Doesn't matter. It can be a customized bike. It can be a, an all-stock bike. You know what? If it isn't old... It better be cool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You've done the show a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's a pretty good way to put it. If it isn't old, it better be cool. I mean, Sparky's bike isn't there you go. necessarily old, but it's cool. Definitely cool. Yeah. Right. Yep, yep. So if it isn't old, it better be cool. And I actually think that's a good, I think that's a good, nice way to define mm-hmm. a lot of this shit. People get hung up on, like, it's got to be 73 or older you know, in the street ride community. I've seen a lot of guys. Yeah, I mean. You know what? If you show up with something that's an 81, but it's a bad-as-fuck, super-cool 81, why should I say you can't attend my party? I felt that way about the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. You know, we get people that show up that are really enthusiastic and into it, but they're riding a, a modern Harley. Yeah. Well, dude, some of the best, some of the most fun people we had at the ride were riding modern Harleys. Yeah. And they were enjoying the shit out of themselves. So I would hate to ever not think that those people... But a dude... Well, that was last year. I didn't go this year. Mm-hmm. Did you talk to the dude last year on the Hayabusa? He was awesome. Light-skinned, uh, black cop. guy? Cop. He was a cop. He was a, he was a cool motherfucker. He was, a, he was an incredibly cool guy. he was dressed to the nine. Tuxedo. I mean, oh, yeah. Like, like he looked sharp. And he was very nervous because two or three people had told him he wasn't allowed to participate in the event because he was on a Hayabusa. And I said, he talked to me, and I was like, fucking dude, register and show up. Roll on. Yep. Yeah, register and show up. Nobody here, <coughs> nobody in Cleveland, maybe somewhere else they'll tell you to go home. But we're not, you know, and I was able to organize it this year. I hope that I'm able to organize it next year. We had a great time this year. I would rather have interesting, fun, cool bikes and cool people mm-hmm. that are outside of some bullshit specification about like, oh, well, it's only for vintage or vintage-inspired. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to bring it up. So that means if a guy shows up on a CB1, that's a historical vehicle. CB1 vintage. Mm-hmm. It's a historical that's, vehicle. Anyway, you slice it. Yep. That's a historical vehicle. It's got a historical vehicle plate on the back of it. Are you going to tell us it can't mm-hmm. participate? It is as vintage as anything is vintage. So I get that yeah. all the time on the, the, the page that I'm admin that I'm one of the admins on. Mm-hmm. The, not VJMC, right. JVMC. Mm-hmm. Japanese vintage motorcycles. Okay. All right. Yeah. On Facebook. Yeah. Um, but you know, well, it's not vintage. People complaining, and it's like, <laughs> dude, for the purposes of this. For the purposes of this group, yeah. it's 20 years. Okay, yeah, 20 years. You know, for the purposes of a lot of uh, yeah. vintage tags, I think it's 25. Right. But, I mean, for the purpose, it's 20 years. You know, the, I mean, I'm sorry, but, yeah, there's GSXRs. There's, yeah, there are. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah, there are. Honda Blackbirds. Uh, yeah. There's, you know. Oh, my they're God. They're vintage. A, a Blackbird. 
Yeah, double X, yep. What year is the double X? Did they come in? What year did they come in? Nine, no, what year did they start? Yeah, like 88 ish? <gasps> no way. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. CB 1100 double X. No, I think it had to be 93 or 94. Yeah, yeah, I don't sure. care. Whatever year it is, <laughs> look, if I can put a. <clears throat> oh, my God. Nice. Where did that That's come a good from? one. Sorry. <laughs> I felt like. I felt like Rick Sanchez just there. <laughs> Morty! Morty, I'm telling you! I'm telling you! If I can put a historical plate on a Honda Blackbird, we gotta do this, Morty! You're so stupid! Space and time can't handle it! If I can put a vintage plate on a CB... I mean, literally, a CBRXX, the Blackbird... It's like the N-word and the C-word had a baby, and the baby was raised by all the oh, bad no words way. for Jews. All the... I think I broke my pancreas. Oh, shit. Oh, that was great. <laughs> That's an actual quote oh. from the cartoon. I didn't make that up. All right. What? 96. 96. I thought it was So earlier. 96, I got four years. I thought it was So earlier. in four years, I will buy a Honda Blackbird. Because in the spirit, you know, I bought the PC800 the year that it became a historical vehicle. I didn't buy one until I could put historical plates on it. I feel the exact same way about a Blackbird. Want another one? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to roll out. All right, man. We'll see you. Remember, everybody, please ride fast and take take chances. Jeff 